Well, just in case you didn't have enough things to overthink, I just found this article that tells you how to have the most successful smile. See that? They measured how much teeth you show. They measured how big your smile is. They even uh, they even get into down here uh, whether or not your smile should be a little bit crooked. You probably can't see that. They say if it's a little crooked, that's extra good. So, uh, tip of the day is... Uh, have a better smile be more successful by making your smile a little crooked You've probably seen the Facebook ads. You've probably heard some of the outcry. Net neutrality is once again upon us. And net neutrality is probably the most boring term that's ever been used to defend the rights of citizens around the world. Um, because what it refers to is effectively the outcry against giving more power to companies like AT&T and Comcast to regulate and charge for internet services. And so right now, there are restrictions that exist on those companies and what they can charge and, and how equitable they can be. And the FCC is considering removing those regulations, which is why net neutrality is an issue. I've always personally found this topic to be a bit perplexing as to why it's always been a topic that that people are so passionate about because effectively the narrative is that we are worried about the control that companies like AT&T and Comcast could exert if they could charge more for certain internet services and not for others. A common example is that bigger companies would be able to charge to be able to connect to their consumers, to their visitors quickly. So people like Google, Amazon, they would pay extra to have a fast connection to your home so that when you go to Amazon.com, it loads nice and fast, whereas a small mom and pop shop that has a website where they sell their bushels of strawberries or whatever, that they wouldn't be able to pay those fees. And so their page would load slowly or or maybe even not even be listed in some directories or something like that. And their business would be harmed. But I think that this is a sheep in wolf's clothing. Uh, if you're worried about controlling what you see on the Internet, look no further than Amazon, Google and Facebook. They already control what you see on the internet. You search for something, Google decides what's on top and they have an algorithm and to an extent they have to actually show you what you wanna see. But with AdWords, you can pop ads in there. Same thing with Facebook. There's an algorithm, but you can put ads into someone's Facebook feed by paying a couple bucks. It's actually uh, pretty cheap. I've done it. In that sense, Facebook's providing a service, and, but they're also aggregating loads and loads of data. Like, I don't know if you realize how much Facebook knows about you, but if I wanted to, I could target an advertisement that I pay for based on your income, your age, and whether or not you recently got engaged. And boom, I could show you some jewelry. Like, targeting on Facebook is insane. Uh, similarly with Google advertising, they have other targeting tools and pay-per-click, um, and they gather all of that data and they use it for commercial purposes. They don't use it necessarily to limit what you see, although they do use it to design what you see with algorithms. And I think that that's a far more sinister harm than something, than somebody like Comcast or AT&T could inflict on the freedom of the internet. Now, the difference, of course, the reason we sign petitions against Comcast and AT&T is because we hate them, but we like Google and Facebook, so we let them get away with it because Google and Facebook do things we like. They show us cat videos and other things that we are actually looking for. Um, they're our friends, 
but they engage in the same behavior. Whereas AT&T and Comcast are the bad guys because every time our internet breaks, we blame them. So in that sense, though, because we actually allow both the same behavior um, in two different areas and simply place the blame on one industry and not the other, that tells me that this whole conversation about net neutrality actually has nothing to do with control. It has everything to do with convenience um, because we're totally okay with giving Google and Facebook and Amazon control um, and we're totally okay with giving them our data and allowing them to control what we see because we believe that it's in our favor for them to control what we see. But because Comcast and AT&T and other big companies might limit our ability to see the things that we want to see, they might inhibit our convenience. We don't like them. So it's not about control. It's about convenience. That's a little bit like requiring that Walmart carry the apples you like instead of the apples you don't. Now, I realize that that's a pretty unpopular opinion because net neutrality is a kind of a hot button topic because people think it's about their freedom. Part of it, though, is I don't really understand where we get off thinking that we deserve the Internet or that a big company that provides utilities to millions and millions of people like Comcast doesn't have the right to engage in business as it sees fit. I mean, if you wanted to put an ad into the New York Times, it costs more than putting an ad into a local newspaper. That's not rocket science and nobody is shocked and horrified by that. I think it's a bit strange because I think net neutrality is also kind of tied to this weird idea that the internet is somehow a human right. It's not. It's amazing. Uh, and you can do a lot of cool things with it, but by no means is it a human right. And just because we've been enabled to accomplish a lot with it doesn't mean that we are by any means entitled to it. My guess is because everybody 90% of the time visits websites like Facebook and Google, um, that we hardly even notice if they were loading other sites slower. In fact, if we just figured out how to speed up the internet in general, that'd be pretty fantastic. That would solve a lot of other problems, but we're not signing petitions about that. Why aren't we signing petitions to make the internet really, really fast? Why aren't we requiring that the government mandate that? That would be really cool, right? Like like top-down enforced one gigabit lines to to every American in the country, a chicken in every pot. You know what I'm saying? Now, somewhat related to this whole topic of the internet and net neutrality and sort of our rights online is a question that was sent in by Caleb from Michigan. And his question is, is a desire for privacy inherently criminal? Um, and he sent me a couple of links to um, what he meant by that is tied to, you know, the information that we put online and, and whether or not it's worth sort of mandating that the government or other businesses do or do not collect certain data about us you know, without our sort of explicit knowledge or explicit um, approval. Because in many ways, the opinion is that if we could prevent another 9-11, then, you know, I've got nothing to hide and I'm willing to hand over any amount of my data sort of within a certain limit. That common argument, though, I have nothing to hide, is very poor reasoning from the standpoint of privacy. Edward Snowden, probably one of the more authoritative popular voices with regards to privacy, um, I think he had it plumb right when he said that arguing that you don't care about the right to privacy because you have nothing to hide is no different than saying you don't care about free speech because you have nothing to say. What he's saying is that privacy is a right in the American Constitution, in the Fourth Amendment. You have the right to the privacy of your paper. Actually, hang on. Let me, let me just get it. Read to me the Fourth Amendment of the United States Constitution. According to Legal Information Institute, 
The Fourth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution provides that he right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrants shall issue, but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly... And particularly what? I think we get the idea. You know, the Fourth Amendment protects the rights to the security of our papers and our private information. And then, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like rocket science to extend that kind of thing to the Internet. Something else that was in one of the links that Caleb sent me, though, also was uh, Jeremy Bentham and his conceptualization of the Panopticon. And the Panopticon was a prison system designed to prevent escapes. Effectively, what it was is there was a giant watchtower in the middle, and then the cells were a cylinder around the watchtower, and you could see it straight into the cells, no problem. And then, but you couldn't see into the watchtower. So there was the presumption of surveillance, probably rightfully so. I mean, I would assume that they'd put a guard in there the whole time. But the, the point was, you didn't know uh, that there was whether or not a guard was in there. And so you were more likely to obey because you didn't know whether or not you were being watched. And I think, honestly, that is Amazon, Google, and Facebook today. I mean, my phone, I talk to it on Google Assistant or whatever, and it gives me answers. I guarantee you they're recording information about the questions that I ask it. When I go to a restaurant, it pulls up the menu for me. So it knows where I am, It and, and then it pulls up relevant information. And that's really convenient and creepy at the same time. On the one hand, I don't blame the Google Pixel. This is a Google Pixel. I don't blame this phone specifically for that. If anything, I just think that now Google is allowing me to use the information that they've been collecting about me. I mean, cell phone companies collecting location information is not a new phenomenon. Uh, but now it's just like you're consciously aware of it when you when it's feeding you information based on where you are. What's interesting about this, I think that is a, that's the modern panopticon. There is an institution of surveillance in business and in government in the modern world online. And whether or not our data is being recorded in a way that will be applied and relevant, in other words, whether or not a guard is in the watchtower is not always clear. So in that sense, I think privacy is probably one of the more important issues of our time, but is largely being dismissed on the grounds of the idea that I have nothing to hide because I, I resonate with that sentiment, which is that, you know, I mean, it's not like. I could be arrested currently based on any of the data you could collect about me. But getting back to that effect in which we protest Comcast but embrace Facebook, uh, that disparity is real. And I think that that's kind of a strange version of Stockholm Syndrome, which is that we're willing to give Google and Facebook, we're willing to give up our privacy for the convenience. And that can result in unintended consequences across the board. We don't know where all of this mass data collection could lead in a few years, um, or if that creates an artificial intelligence, or if a malevolent dictatorship takes over, what kind of power that could become um, in the wrong hands. And so, if anything, privacy is about decentralization, because surveillance and, and mass aggregation of data allows for the concentration of power in a way that's dangerous. Bringing it back to Caleb's original question, which is, is a desire for privacy inherently criminal? I would say no. But I can see where that comes from because I have nothing to hide implies that privacy 
is only for people who are doing shady things. Bottom line, there's people out there who will steal your identity today. And if you want to protect your privacy, you have to protect yourself from folks like that too. And so in a sense, I think that the need for privacy is a byproduct of criminality because people who will do the wrong thing exist, whether they be malevolent dictators or con men, it's not about protecting my illegal activity, but it's about protecting me from illegal activity. So I think that's where the conflation is, which is the desire for privacy is not criminal, but it does arise from criminality. If everybody was a saint, we could hand out our social security number on the streets, right? But they're not. And so we can't. And that's why we need privacy. I appreciate the question from Caleb this week. It was a really fantastic question. In fact, he even sent me links to resources, which was extra handy. If you have a question for the show, just email me using ben at overthinker.show. Or you can use the contact form on my website, which is overthinker.show. See you next Friday.